بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم أما بعد we express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala and we seek blessings upon the Prophet and peace be upon him uh, can someone nod just let me know you can hear me okay very good okay <clears throat> so continuing through our exploration of Surah Al-Fatiha at the end of yesterday we said that We said that uh, the first half of Al-Fatiha is about Allah and his relationship with us. And the second half of Al-Fatiha is us in our relationship with Allah. So we have in the name of Allah, Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim. So the most in mercy, the eternal in mercy, the most in Rahmah, the eternal in Rahmah. Praise and thanks are due to him. He is the Rabb of all the worlds. Most in Rahmah, eternal in Rahmah master of the day of judgment so reference after reference after reference to allah laying out what is the whole foundation of the entire islamic tradition it's not the rules it is not my identity it is allah that's the entire foundation which uh on the one hand seems like common sense but i'm also emphasizing that from the perspective of of just islamic practice so now we get into the middle of the surah and we have You, it is you alone we worship, and you alone we ask for help. So first, uh, some basic consequences of, of the, the, the Arabic usage. So, uh, someone now let me know you can see the whiteboard. Okay, very good. So, so when we're saying you alone, do we worship? Here, what's being translated as we worship, there's actually four meanings built in. So it is you alone do we worship, you alone will we worship, and then <clears throat> We do not worship anyone else, and we will not worship anyone else. So it's present and future, confirmation and negation. So so present, 
we do not, we worship you alone. Present, we do not worship anyone else. Or, uh, yeah, and then confirmation, you do we worship? You will we worship? And then negation, oh, I'm sorry. Future, I keep spelling future wrong. Negation, negation. So you alone do we worship, you alone we will worship, we do not worship anyone else, we will not worship anyone else. So when we're saying it's those four meanings uh, all at the same time, present and future. So in Arabic, this is the imperfect form, as opposed to the perfect form. Perfect form essentially means past tense or the action is done. Imperfect form means the action is not completed. It's now and in the future. Okay, so likewise, <clears throat> the same thing would apply for asking for help. Let's see if there's an easy way for me to copy this. And then copy. Let's try. Paste. No, didn't work. Okay, so same thing. Uh, if we replace you alone, do we ask for help? You alone, will we ask for help? We do not ask anyone else for help. We will not ask anyone else for help. That's the second half of the line. Again, all four meanings are, are built in. So the word worship we have already visited. <laughs> And the word in Arabic, uh, what does it mean to worship is ibadah. So iyaka na'budu. Same word in, in the Arabic. And anybody remember how we translated worship? This is way back when we were talking about the idea of the ilah. And feel free to chat or to, to speak. Anyone remember? You're welcome. Sure, to your question. Okay, so so way back at the beginning when we were defining what does it mean to take something as an ilah, we used the word worship, um, but we gave it a particular definition. Anybody remember? To love, to give your most extreme love. So it includes, uh, how do your point includes to submit. And so ibadah, which we translate as worship, we're saying deeper than that is to give your most extreme love. So there's a type of love and an amount of love someone would give to a parent, a significant other, a sibling, a child, a friend. Those are all different types of love. Uh, they might give a certain type of love to their work. Deeper than that is to 
is to be in awe and to be passionately in love with your object of beloved. And deeper than that is to voluntarily completely surrender in love. So to give your most extreme love or to completely surrender. in or with love. So this is what we're saying to Allah above. You alone we worship, meaning to you alone will we give our most extreme love. To you alone will we give, will do, will we completely surrender with love. Likewise for the future. Likewise, for the present, we're not going to do it for anyone else. And in the future, we're not going to do it for anyone else. So when I'm saying this, which we recite in every single prayer, this is both a commitment as well as a goal. that each time I'm reciting this middle line in the surah, I'm making a commitment to God. I'm also saying that this is my goal and how to live my life. And one additional point in terms of, and if I'm going too fast, by all means, let me know to, and I'll backtrack or something. We're saying, you alone do we worship. You alone do we ask for help. And the next line, guide us on the straight path. So who is we here? We here is me and the Ummah of believers. And so this word ummah, for lack of a better word, we're going to use nation or community of believers. It is also connected to the root um, which is mother. And so in this context, this is where we connect ourselves, the root that you're looking at the Muslim community as your root. So now think about how the different ways we've spoken about connection. At the beginning of the whole course, we spoke about connection through the B of Bismillah. And then yesterday we spoke about relationships And now we're expanding on that to include the Ummah. So primary connection is with God. Primary relationship is with God. 
yet I am part of a collective. So I'm also connecting with this other population of people that is also connecting with God, which is the Ummah. This becomes especially important for people who feel disconnected from the Ummah. Sometimes the responsibility is on the Ummah, sometimes the responsibility is on the person. Like one of the issues of modern society applying to everybody is how easy it is for us to be alienated from everyone else, even more so now than 20 years ago. Because now we have personal media devices and we have social media where I can literally be in my little tiny bubble, separated physically from everyone, even without a quarantine. And yet I have these relationships with people that that I might never ever meet from across the globe. That in itself is not a bad thing. But the point I'm making is that it becomes easy for me to shift to that at the avoidance of actual personal relationships. That's one of our challenges of the era. One of the challenges that we have of the era is alienation. And so this idea of we becomes especially important in our era, although it's important for uh, uh, any era. At the time of the prophet, peace be upon him, we had to get reframed because we was referring to your tribe. And so now you had people who were leaving their tribes to enter the Muslim ummah. So we had a different connotation back then. All right. <laughs> So this is you alone, we worship. And it makes sense that we're gonna say, to you alone do we worship or to you alone do we surrender because what's the line that just came before this? The line that just came before this was master of the day of judgment, day of recompense. So if he's master, then it follows that we surrender, right? If we're saying in the previous verse, you are master and then we are uh, surrendering. Okay. So now we're gonna have some fun uh, getting into some more, well, what I like, uh, you know, abstract questions and such. What about the second line, the second part of this, where we are saying to you alone, do we ask for help? So we've already said it has those four meanings built in. You alone, do we ask for help? You alone, will we ask for help? We do not ask for help from anyone else. We will not ask for help from anyone else. That part we've mentioned. So here's the question. If we're saying that so categorically, I only ask for help from you, God. Nobody else. I will not ask for help from anyone else. Okay, then the simple question can I ask for help 
from uh, an examples would be, be a teacher, a physician, a mechanic, etc. If I'm saying you alone, we ask for help so categorically, then am I doing something wrong by going to a doctor? Am I doing something wrong by going to a teacher? So forth and so on. What do you all think based on what we are saying so far in the Suda? Again, feel free to type or, or unmute. Or unmute. Uh, yeah, he's saying yes, you can, but you have to understand that the person is just the avenue of Allah's help. Okay, nice. Henny is saying no, it's not wrong. Okay. Anyone else? What do you all think? It doesn't fall into tawakkul. You do your part and Allah does his. So tawakkul would be doesn't fall into trusting in Allah. You do your part, Allah does his. Okay. Anyone else? What are your thoughts? Because look at how categorical that statement is. Okay. Um, I was going to say something. Yeah, go for it, Javier. Um, I think yes, you can because they're obviously there as a resource for okay. you. Like, I mean, why would people be teachers or physicians or mecha mechanics if you didn't like okay. need them? But I think okay. because of that line specifically and how you're saying it's so cata yeah, <laughs> categorical, um, I think ultimately you want to come to a point or a place where you would like to think that you want to okay. only ask help from God, but I don't know. It's hard. Okay. I don't think you can like ever. So not. The bottom line is you're saying, yes, you can. Right. Yeah. And but there's also this world. other side that you want to get to a point where you only want to ask help from God, but obviously that's not like okay. always was, most. Sorry. Um, yeah. okay. <laughs> so I go for it. Um, I was going to say that like uh, uh, that like anyone who's become a teacher or a physician, they've done so through like uh, Spantala's help, you know, okay. like they've gone through that, like they've gone um, through the journey to become like physician through the help of Spantala or through the will of Spantala. So like okay. technically it's like a stand in like Spantala has sent this person to you to help you. Okay. Okay. So you're kind of like what the point someone else was mentioning is that you're sort of like the vessel through which Allah is helping you. If you're like a doctor or a teacher or something. Uh, okay. Santiago is saying we ask for help and worship him as the master of the day of judgment, but we don't ask for help with the car. Okay. So you're saying, uh, Santiago, you're saying these are different realms of life. So these realms of life, we turn to God and these other realms of life, we turn to people. Okay. So we do receive help from others, but the help is temporal compared to ultimate help help, which I think is parallel with what Sylvester is parallel with what Santiago is saying. Um, and then Sandler is saying yes, as a means that Allah has provided. Okay. So, so we're going to introduce now uh, the issue of levels of faith. And this is something those of you who take my classes know I emphasize this quite a bit. And so at one level, if we take the ayah on its own, we're going to see one approach. And if we look at the ayah within the surah, it's going to have a, a different approach. So in fact, let me just, uh, let me actually, oops. 
Okay, so if we take the aya on its own, and this will make sense after I go through the whole, whole thing, then we have the question of levels of faith. So for, for the moment, I'm gonna call one level of faith the level of physics and cause and effect. The next level is going to be the level of Allah controls all. And the next level is that Allah does all. So what we're saying here is that as I get closer to Allah, As I get closer to Allah, these are sort of levels or dimensions of faith that I'm going to develop. And most people are at level one. And what is the level of physics or cause and effect? I am interacting with the world as I perceive it to be. And so if I have a car problem that I can't address, then I'm going to go to a mechanic. If I have an illness that I don't know what to do about, then I'm going to go, I'm going to, go to a physician. If, if I have a legal matter I don't know what to do, I'm going to go to a lawyer. So this is most people, this is many people, and this is a few. Most believers, many believers, and then a few believers are at this level. Okay. So you're basically, what is it? You're interacting with the world. You're interacting with the external world as it is. The language is more confusing than the description. So once again, this is the person who at this level is, is uh, living in the realm of what we would seem to be cause and effect. That if I need help, I go to the person who's the expert who can help me, or I go to a friend who can help me, what have you. The person at this next level of faith, uh, so some of you spoke from this perspective, and then some of you spoke from this second perspective, which is that the world is a vessel manifesting Allah's will. So if I'm at level of faith number one, and my child is sick, I am praying to Allah, you know, please, please heal my child, and I'm going to physician hoping to find healing. 
and I'm still praying throughout the entire time. If I'm at level of faith number two, then I am praying to Allah, please make this be the cure. So what we're saying is that if the doctor tells me to take these, these, these pills, the cure is up to Allah. In the level of cause and effect, if I'm there, then I'm taking the pills and it's going to cause a physical reaction in me that will hopefully result in healing. And the subtle difference is that the person at level of faith number two is the cure is only going to happen if Allah wills for it to happen. So on the outside, person number two looks the same as person number one, but person number two is, is understanding Allah is controlling all cure. And person number three is that you're only focused on God. So to frame this from another perspective, uh, in the case of dua, supplication, So dua, supplication, this is where I'm speaking to Allah and I'm saying, Ya Allah, can you please give me X, Y, Z? Okay. So if I'm at that level one, again, all is part of my journey of getting closer to Allah. That is my goal. My goal is to get closer to Allah. Then what is happening? This person prays, i.e. requests, and might get surprised when the answer is given, when the prayer seems to get answered. Okay. Pleasantly surprised, happy. This person prays, this person requests, and even uh, with surrender, so all of these three people are surrendering. This person, it has a type of expectation. Okay, God is going to take care of me. How might be by the way I am requesting. This person prays, but everything all day long is prayer. So let's imagine me as teacher I'm at level one, or I'm at level two, I'm at level three, or I'm at dimension one, I'm at dimension two, I'm at dimension three. So if I'm at this first level of faith and I'm speaking to you 
I'm speaking to you as me, Omar, speak to Yusuf, Hadia, Yahya, uh, Sheikh Omar, Hanin, Hania, uh, Muhammad Kamran, so forth and so on. I'm speaking to you as you and whatever I perceive of you. If I'm at this level two, uh, as I'm teaching you, I'm constantly reminded of Allah and understanding that if you are receiving guidance through me, that is Allah that's making it happen, not me. And if I'm at level three, even though I'm talking to you, my conversation is actually focused on Allah. Where everything I am doing, I'm seeing Allah is putting this before me. How do I respond to what Allah has put before me? So think of these as deeper and deeper levels of faith. So then what we're essentially saying is that if I'm at level one, Uh, and I'm saying to Allah, you alone, we ask for help. Yeah, that would apply to uh, things that are related to Allah. But just as uh, Santiago mentioned, just as Sylvester mentioned, just as uh, uh, summer, or, uh, summer is more of level two. But the way Santiago and Sylvester have described it, level one, yeah, of course I'm going to go to a mechanic. Why wouldn't I do that? Okay. Of course I'm going to go to a physician. Why wouldn't I do that? The other option is to stay home and just pray uh, without doing anything about it. Good. Level two is sort of like what Summer is describing. Good. Uh, and what are describing, which is I'm praying to Allah and I'm turning to this person for help praying, Ya Allah, please make this be the means through which I'm getting my help. Good. Subtle difference, but it's actually kind of significant. Third level, I'm praying to Allah to help. Okay. Quick question. Um, so does that yes. mean that the third, the level three, like level of faith person doesn't go seek for like, seek others for help this, or is that like? This person will, right? But the entire reliance is actually on Allah. Okay. It's kind of like the reliance in level one is on Allah but is on the material worldly realm, it's on the person who's helping me. Level two is sort of a combination of both. Level three, it's more on Allah. And that Allah Ta'ala made these things the means in the world, and I'm going through that. But my whole reliance is on Allah. So essentially what we're saying is that each of these realms, your reliance upon Allah is higher and higher. And not just the realm of guidance, but uh, yeah, what's well, not just the realm of guidance, but also in the material realm. Uh, uh, go for it. Is that Javier? Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm just yeah, wondering, like, because you said that there's different types of like levels of the faith, and then yeah. every level is just like you're getting deeper. Yeah. So, like, how deep can you get? And like, is being too deep sometimes within like the faith, like, okay. kind of. Okay. So the. Go ahead, I'm sorry. I'm just wondering like if it, if you delve more deeper into 
is it kind of like can it become a problem eventually i don't okay. know you know what i mean yeah so yeah so this is different than uh than delusion so i might be someone who's at level one but i think i'm at level three and a way to test that is how am i doing how am i fulfilling everything else in my life and 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 so so the point being that uh even in the covid situation right now we have a lot of people who are still despite orders from from the governmental authorities from physicians uh and even uh with religious leaders there are many people who are still insisting on going to the mosque and sometimes people for example confuse their defiance with faith so delusion can be a definite problem here uh, but if we're talking about how do i get from level one to level two the short answer is increased obedience and perfection in my relationship Allah and my relationships and such and two to three increased obedience further the default of it is obedience and obedience is not just my obligations to Allah but my obligations designed by Allah to other people and this person at level three is not going to be living in a cave this is person at level three is going to be potentially your your cab driver your teacher your physician the person who is taking your trash the person who who is you know gardening um or what have you you know uh, it could be your mother it could be your father i mean there's still people who are immersed within the world but their interaction with the world is evolving because their interaction with allah is evolving but we'll get more a sense of this uh uh to the essence of your question Hadi, as we go deeper through through these other passages, inshallah. Uh, let's see, ask this question. Is it possible to fluctuate with these levels of faith? So, well, that's one of the debates. Uh, does faith itself fluctuate? And the short version is faith itself fluctuates. Think of these as deeper dimensions where you can get a taste of a deeper dimension, but your still default is in one of them. And, and so uh, I believe most of us have probably had tastes of moments at least of level two of level three some of us might have had even more uh, so that can definitely happen but if your default becomes for example level two it's hard to go back to level one in the same way think of how you look at the world right now at your age and compare that with how you looked at the world when you're 10 years old so the way i look at the world right now near 50 years old mashallah is is somewhat significantly different than how i looked at the world when i was 20. but that was very different than how i looked at the world when i was 15 or 10 and such and and so uh i can't comprehend going back to how i looked at the world when i was 10. and so some of this is part of this evolution of getting closer and closer to the divine uh you can have a taste of it but you can also reach a point where you can't uh go back uh let me know if that makes sense uh, yeah, yeah. Is level three similar to doing general dhikr and knowing that Allah will take care of you as opposed to a specific dua? Level th what you've described is more like level uh, one-ish and level two-ish. Yeah. Uh, but we will touch on this more. The key point I want you to just get a sense of right now is that when you're approaching the Quran, you'll be at different levels of faith and you're going to receive the Quran differently. 
And all of you understand this, just like I said that, you know, when you're 10 years old, you're appreciating and experiencing life one way. When you're 15, it's going to be a different way. When you're 20, it's going to be a different way. And then by the time we get in shallow to my age, it'll be, again, uh, it'll be evolving. I've told many of you, I love being in my near 50s muscle much more than I did being in my near 40s, which was much, much more than my near 30s, much, much more than my near 20s and such, right? As, you know, the 20s are a very tumultuous year. When you get into your 30s, you have a better idea of how life operates. And when you're in 40s, you have a much better uh, idea of life, how, uh, of how life uh, operates. Um, and so here we're talking about levels of faith that you don't necessarily evolve into, but they become a consequence of increased obedience to Allah. There's a passage, uh, there's a famous hadith, uh, a hadith qudsi, meaning a narration of the Prophet, where he is saying that Allah is saying that what? That nothing, that Allah is saying he, that he doesn't love anything more than when my servant obeys me, does the fara'id. And then my servant gets closer and closer to me, by doing the nawafil, these voluntary supererogatory acts that are prescribed, but they're not obligations. And then that person gets closer and closer to me until I become the eyes with which he sees and the hand with which he, and the hand with which he strikes and the feet with which he walks. And so the default of how to get closer to Allah is increased obedience of Allah and increased supplementary prescribed actions. Everything else can support it. Rational argument can support it, but rational argument is not going to take you from deeper level of faith. And I'm speaking as someone who, who works and lives in academics and such. Okay, uh, let me know if anyone else has more questions about this, because now we're going to bring this back to the surah itself. One wants to look at this in the context of the ayah on its own. And second, and what time is it? Oh, we're over time. Very sorry. Let me, let me uh, just add this last point. Uh, the ayah in the surah so what is the line we have you alone we worship and then you alone we ask for help what is the next line guide us on the straight path. This we're going to discuss more tomorrow, but let me just make this final point. In the context of the surah so far, you alone, we ask for help in guidance. No one but Allah can give me guidance. The Prophet, may peace be upon him, cannot give me guidance. He can be the vessel through guidance. There's passages in the Quran where, the, where Allah is saying to the Prophet, peace be upon him, you are killing yourself with sorrow because these people are not following you. And then he's told, and I'm paraphrasing, that's not for you to decide. Your job is to guide and to warn, or, to, or your job is to give good news and warning, but you cannot control their hearts. Only Allah can give guidance. So when we look at you alone, we ask for help in the context of the ayah itself, we speak about these levels of faith. And then when we're speaking of in the context of the surah, then you alone, we ask for help on guidance. And then it may be that Allah is making a person, the vessel of my guidance, 
it may be that Allah may make an experience a vessel of my guidance. Maybe the experience will be a tragedy, or maybe the experience will be a windfall of money. Whatever the case may be, like those five doors we spoke about, you know, those five tests. Um, so guidance only comes from Allah. Allah is in full control of guidance. So having said that, uh, I'll stop right here. Uh, we'll continue for tomorrow. We're going to continue on this line, guide us on the straight path. But uh, any questions about uh, anything, feel free to unmute or to do. So is... Uh, Santiago, go for it. Well, you, I think Yusuf was about to say something. You know. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Okay. Um, I, was, I was just going to ask, like, if when we say we, in a, does it, is if, I don't know, I just feel like, what if you, if it, does it have to be limited to only Muslims and, and can the Ummah include other people, like if you're trying to pray for the whole world kind of thing? So uh, I would answer that two ways. One is sure, right? Uh, but uh, uh, what about all the people who are not surrendering themselves to Allah? See what I'm saying? And so in your supplications on your own, absolutely pray for everyone. Pray, especially for your loved ones, you know, uh, pray for your society, especially right now that, uh, that we should definitely be doing. Um, in terms of the context of the surah, uh, I would suggest it's harder. The reason why I'm choosing the word believers as opposed to people in general is that's not, a, that's a commitment that believers are making, right? You alone do we worship, you alone do we ask for help. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but naturally, when you're saying guide us on the straight path, uh, why not include everyone you know, in your intention, in your heart? Mm -hmm. you know? But at the very, very least, the supplications you do separate from this, you should pray for everybody or whoever it is you choose to pray for. Yes, right. yes, thank you. Absolutely. Uh, Yusuf. So is, um, so is like a specific, is asking for something specific related to the dunya, like, uh, like in essence, always like kind of a lower frequency of supplication than saying something like, like something like general, something where it's just like completely surrendering versus just a specific ask related to the dunya or something. Uh, okay, so I'm cautious about, about lesser or greater, but I'll still use your framing to answer that question. Yeah, there'll be some aspirations that are, that are, that are better and some that are not as, as good. So if I'm praying for salvation, uh, uh, as opposed to you know, praying for uh, you know, nice rims on my car, uh, I think it would be fair to say in this in this paradigm, praying for salvation is better. But it doesn't mean that I should not pray for nice rims on my car, right? I should pray for everything. So I would look at that more from the perspective of, all right, what do I want? Okay, if I want something only because it makes me, you know, happy and warm and fuzzy, like if I really want a piece of chocolate cake, yeah, I'm not really actually a dessert guy, but if I want a piece of chocolate cake, of course ask for it. Uh, but in my priorities, I should also understand where does that compare to things like salvation, forgiveness, you know, reconciliation with people. Make sense? 
Yeah. Okay, sure. Any other questions? I mean, I should be cautious against praying for evil things against other people, you know, um, unless they're oppressors, like where the oppressors are warned, beware of the prayer of the oppressed. But the prophet, peace be upon him, is even saying, help the oppressed and help the oppressor. And the companions are saying, we understand how to help the oppressed. How do we help the oppressor? And you make it hard for the oppressor to oppress. Any other questions about anything at all? Okay, then uh, we will stop right here. Uh, oh, she's actually the max. Okay, next nice, Marshall. Uh, I'm sorry I went over time. Usually, like I said, I try to um, try to finish the lesson in, in 30. But uh, otherwise, we will continue, inshallah, tomorrow, same time, same channel. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika. Nashhadu wa la ilaha illa anta. Nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Subhanakallahumma, glory to you, O Allah, wa bihamdika. Praise and gratitude are to you. Nashhadu la ilaha illa anta. We bear witness there is no God but you. Nastaghfiruka, we seek your forgiveness. Tomorrow. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.